Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Warning! Contains strong language and adult themes throughout. Hello, I'm Crystal Rasmussen. Hello, I'm Candy Warhol. And you're listening to... Dragonians, the podcast. The podcast Dragonians. Welcome to this week's show. We are so happy to be back with a back sack and crack. Candy, how has your week been? How has my weekend been? I mean, talking about happy to be back, Crystal, how do you think I feel? Leaving me stranded in customs in Thailand with your bag of cocaine? Well, you know... You know, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, honey. And, you know, as you know, I had to be back. um, I had to be back in Hull for a local council committee meeting. So, you know, we do what we do. Yeah, we do what we have to do, Chrisal. I I, I had 48 hours to teach myself Thai and represent myself at the court and get myself back here. That is a transferable skill, though. You know, there there is not going to be a single situation in your life where, you know, you're not going to be using your new knowledge of Thai. And so, frankly, I think you should actually be thanking me. Thank you. Know, you. Yeah. yeah, I think you should be thanking me for that opportunity, you know, for, for a moment to self-edify. Because, you know, as, as we've said many times on this podcast, you know, every day is a school day. And so to have the opportunity to learn Thai, frankly, is a gift. And I'm glad that I could give it to you. I think what we need to address here is the wider structure that you expect me to always carry the drugs through customs. And actually, you know, sometimes the labor befalls, you know, the labor falls onto you. And I think you need, what, what really is evident here is that you need to grow up. I think if I, if, I, if I knew that I was carrying the drugs, I would have had no problem. But when you asked me to carry your uh, collection of ca- uh, Cabbage Patch Kids that you had found at the local market through mm. customs, knowing that they're bodies were filled with cocaine. That's a different story. And that's, that's what I'm getting at, Crystal. You know, I wouldn't have okay. left you there to, to fend for yourself. So um, really what you're asking for here is, is in future. It's transparency. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I will bear that in mind next time we're smuggling. And I think next time, I mean, uh, work smarter, not harder. You know, that's why we invite Lauren on these trips. You know, mm-hmm. you want your drug smuggled. If you want somebody caught, you know, bring Lauren Harry. So next time, just fork out, you know, for for a coach ticket and bring her, you know, just, just don't, yes. you know, just just let, let's move on. Um, what are we talking about uh, today, Crystal? Today, we're actually talking about... Um, you know, my one of my favorite topics, grievances. Um, mm. You know, I, I, the yes. irony. Mm. The, I know the irony. Literally, all you ever do is bring up your goddamn grievances with me. But as you know, you know, I spent fourteen years being one of the chief complainers for Ofcom. You know, and I would complain about everything. You know, a gay kiss. Mm. You know, um, 
a lesbian kiss, which is mm. essentially a gay kiss, of course. You know, there, you know, drag queens disgust mm. me. You know, mm. if if programs were a minute later, a minute, minute. So you know, I've <clears throat> really that's how I got to where I was today by complaining and you know and, and grievances. You know, many called me, you know, you know, Karen. Mm. Um, for a long time back in the day, you know, and I had to work through a lot of those things. And I realized when, when it came to it, that I was actually carrying around a lot of, uh, a lot of bile for mm. the, the Ofcom community, you know, and they're just trying their best. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's my history with grievance. And that's Quite where that kind of came <laughs> from for you, Wilderness. You know, you st- you were the face of, you know, the Karen uh, haircut um, in the late yes. 90s. First there was the Rachel and then there was the Karen, which you started. Yes, exactly. And the Karen lives on today. You know, any if you go, if you click on Facebook Marketplace, you know, and look for somebody selling, you know, anything with a butterfly on it, it's likely to be mm. sold by one of my ex-friends, and their name is likely to be Karen. Um, Candy, what is your relationship with grievances? Um, well, I don't think you get to where we are today, you know, running a podcast like this without making a lot of enemies and having a lot of grievances, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I was climbing the the fashion ladder in the 90s as one of the leading supermodels, you know, I I made a lot of em- enemies and I made a lot of grievances. And I always, I've always believed in when it comes to airing your your dirty laundry do it with as many people watching you know and do it in public so i waited until i had my own talk show um and i brought my nemesis on you know i cleared the audience um and i brought her on i brought naomi on and we we aired it in front of um in millions millions and that's what i've always believed in you know cash in on your grievances um and on that note it is time for uh candy and crystal's concerns i forgot what it was called (laughs) episode 12 listen up you're about to learn candy and crystal's concerns you know candy as you know as it, as I was inspired by you you know in the in the early 2000s I was in my endorsement deal prime you know I was the face of every tween product on the market covergirl von dutch butterfly clips frosted lip gloss low rise jeans lace up jeans jeans with no back pockets jeans with bedazzled back pockets they even modeled furbies after my naked body i remember that yeah beautiful moment you know and then came the big one when i was asked to be the face of teen orthopedic shoes you know and every tween in hollywood was after You know, and every, as you know, every tween in Hollywood was after that gig. You know, and I got it until Hillary Duff spread those vicious rumors that I was banging Aaron Carter behind her back and that I had no lower back pain. You know that there is nothing I believe in more than tween orthopedic shoes. You know, what can I do? I'm I'm just filled with rage thinking about this uh, for you, Crystal. This isn't the first time Hillary has gone out of her way to, you know, uh, push another tween idol under the bus. Yeah, we all remember when she, you know, uh, robbed Lindsay Lohan of that teen dentures campaign. You know, mm-hmm. so she's she's just been she's just been after all of you from day one, and I think clearing your name is a big one. But I think it's really how can we bring. Hollywood's monster down? How can we bring Hillary Duff down? Mm. It's all about, you know, um, g- getting you on the biggest platform as we can think of and you outing her. 
you outing all the stuff that she's done to you and to the other tweens. I mean, I don't think there's any bigger platform than this podcast, to be honest, Crystal. You know, there's millions of people listening live right now. And I'm mm-hmm. sure Hillary would be quaking in her orthopedic shoes. So let's have it out. I just want to say this to Hillary. I know you're listening. Hillary, you're a rat. And Hillary, I want you to do some hard work to work out your dirty, dirty rodent soul. And that is all I have to say about Hillary Mm. Duff. Mm. And you know, while we're at it, Hillary Swank and Hillary Mantel, that goes out to you too. Candy, I feel just so much better having got that off my chest. My God, it is good to air these grievances. Um, Wow, what a moment for me, that was huge. So proud of um, you. I'm so proud of you. And I hope um I hope Hillary's out there um pissing and shitting herself, to be honest, with fear. Okay, I'm so excited we were able to uh, manage to get our guest um into our little cave today. Um she is a multi-award-winning comedian. She is an incredible, incredible uh deep sea diver, um, an all-round good time gal. Uh please welcome into our little cave today, Miss Kerry Pritchard McLean. Hi guys. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me oh, in your lovely cave. This is so nice. <laughs> I'm loving I'm loving this little cozy that you're wearing. A uh, little polka yes. dot It's not bad, is it? Mm. And also later on, I'm gonna fashion my bra into shoes like Joanna Lumley yeah. did when they cast her oh. away. <laughs> Love it. That is, you know, that is the kind of ingenuity we like to see on this show. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So Kiri, you're here with us today um, with a bit of a dilemma. Do you want to do you want to run it by us? Yes. This is something I've been struggling with quite a lot recently, um, which is how to remain motivated and moving forward without being solely driven by grudges that you hold for people in your life going all the way back to about eight years of age. Cause at the moment, that mm. is the only reason I get up in the morning is to sort of mentally uh-huh. win against those people. Um, so I want to be that person mm. who's really Zen like and can celebrate even their enemies victories, but I'm afraid it, it, that is not how it, it works at the moment. Mm. Can you give us um, some examples of grudges that you've held in the past and how you've used them to motivate you? So um, there was a girl in primary school who told me that I was too common to play with her. And I I haven't spoken to her, I'd say since. Um, Mm. Since leaving primary school, she was was a bit older than me. Um, Mm. And still, I'd say about once a year, I check in on her on social Mm. media to try and sort of make sure that my life is better than hers. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of the driving forces. Like when I feel like I'm having, you know, when, you know, years, especially when you're in like entertainment is like peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs. And when yeah. I feel like I'm at a decent sort of peak, I'll be like, now's a good time to check in on her mm-hmm. and see how she's doing. Oh, okay. You're a doctor. Well, that's not ideal. Um, but which means I have to keep working a bit harder, but still <laughs> I feel like comedian is better than a doctor. <laughs> Well, well, I think you know, yeah, I think it saves more lives. What you're doing, frankly, Kiri, yeah. and we've, um, we've also put that girl's um, that girl's Facebook profile in our link in the bi- uh, bio in the link, so you can <laughs> anyone wants to take a look. <laughs> You know this whole idea of like, and I'm sure we've all gone through it of um, 
of just yeah looking back and going oh I wish these people in school like saw what I'm doing now I really do think that's actually us hoping that yourself back then could see what you're doing now rather than the bullies mm. because Ooh, like, nice. well you know me but I think it's I, I think it's you know you're achieving something great and you almost want to speak to yourself as a teenager or as an eight-year-old who was getting bullied because really you were able to achieve all that greatness back then but it was true. them standing in front of you you know true I think that's such a good point I think if I hadn't have been spoken to like that though i mm. wouldn't have achieved what i oh, like I, I think a bit of like i'll it's show you yeah yeah it's such a catch 22 like look how many incredible uh, like people who have been bullied have gone on to do these amazing things like look at people like in like the lgbt community like all of us who've been like pushed down like growing up do you have this i think it's like isn't it like a, a survivor instinct to like i'm gonna be something like i'm gonna do something incredible um but i think it just gets to a stage where you're like am i making myself happy or am i just trying to make them feel really shit about themselves <laughs> but really you know it's 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 a it is this is a huge question but like who are we and what would we say without our like bullies and our trauma and that's the really i've thought about this loads like would i give would i trade all those awful words and all that pain and all that like really sad stuff to not be who i am or has it made me who i am and it's hard to it's hard to work that out right it's hard to like mm. who would you be without these grudges kiri like actually that's the question who do you think you'd be without these grudges hmm. i don't know i would like to take <laughs> this opportunity to flag that i am very privileged um that i of like that i there's no way i've been like through anything that you guys will have been through but i don't yeah i don't but i have always felt like an outsider because of various things oh. in where i grew up and and how i grew up but where would i be what a great question where would mm. i be without these grudges pregnant i'd be pregnant <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> no, I think I do think that there's something in growing up in a small area and being one of the like mm. weirdos in inverted commas, um, yeah. and just mm. needing to get out of there and show people yeah. that you know you're you're bigger than this town has been a really important. Well, that that's what brought me to stand up. There's no way, yeah. even though I was like writing comedy at like 15 in rural North Wales and you know doing stuff on stage. There's no way I would have gone, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian if I hadn't have gone to university in Manchester, wouldn't watch stand-up all the time and found that there was a course there that taught yeah. it. Like, I, yeah. I just wouldn't have had that journey. So I think I would be, oh, God, you know what? I'd be even worse than I am now because um, maybe I've got some perspective from moving out of a small area, but back at home, because I nearly didn't go, I didn't go to university because it was, it was just me, like, paying it myself and it just seemed too big a thing to do so I was like this mm. turning point and also I was scared because I was like a big fish in a small pond like everyone mm. sort of knew who I was and when you're from the countryside like there's there's a bit of um even though you hate it there's this great phrase um strange heaven versus familiar hell so even though you mm. felt like you want to just burst out of this place you're like yeah but I am safe here because I know the worst thing that can happen to me and the best thing that can happen to me and I don't know what's over there. And that's why it's scary. Like, I know what I am in this situation. So, yeah, I think I'd still be living in rural Wales 
and be like I'd be a, a real asshole. I think I'd be a real sort of like small town bully. Like I'd be the one those mums at the school go who's like, oh, it's it's nice that you let her dress your herself. I'd be like one of those horrible like mm. passive aggressive kind of like day drinking mums. <laughs> Definitely mm, very crystals. Yeah, very. That's what I do all day. Um, do you think it is a I guess I don't assume what class, but I guess culturally, you know, you're from a small town in Wales. Do you think it's, that's kind of also like a class, an aspiration thing? I know I have that where I'm like, do you know what I mean? Like a self critique? Is that weird direction to take it in? Yeah. So my class situation is really complicated. So my family is working class, but I'm the only one who's not. There's a big age gap with my brothers and my parents basically uh to the point where like my brothers were nearly put into care because my parents couldn't afford them and because there's like 10 years between us when I came along my parents worked their bollocks off and had a bit more money and things and then when I was like four they put all their money into sending me to a private school so my first school was private my second school was a normal school so I went to private school the whole time I was there I was told that I was poor and that was common and then I went Mm. to a normal school and the whole time I was told that I was posh and why do I speak like that and and all this kind of stuff and then like there's there's so you you're always on the outside you're never that gang doesn't want you this gang Mm. doesn't want you and then in Mm. comedy there's a really relevant brilliant dynamic um conversation that ebbs and flows in terms of how loud it's being had about class and I never feel like I can there's no way I can speak other than go I'm really privileged but but that's not like but then I'll get lumped in with the people who have trust funds and are exclusively privately educated and you know like I've worked since Which I was is like a lot of the comedy and, scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, so, and I'm not Oxbridge yeah. and I'm not that. And my parents didn't go to university and, you know, like it, this this whole thing mm. of like, so which is obviously like when you say it all loud, it's like, and that is why you're a comedian, that thing of never yeah. belonging and always watching from the outside. But it, mm. it just, um, it's definitely a part of, that's why also why I'm trying to be like better for myself because I want to move back to Wales one day. And mm-hmm. it's important to me that when I come back, I'm a sign of what you can do if you are from here. And mm-hmm. also I, I'm like, you send the ladder back down. Yeah. Like it, yeah, if I've had, if I've had privilege along the way, what am I doing to bring up the people who aren't privileged from right. like my local area? Mm-hmm. But like, is part of that driven by the fact that I don't want, you know, like, I, because I was also a bit of an asshole in school. Definitely walking around <laughs> with all these like horrendously heavy chips on my shoulder. I would have been a dick mm. to people, and it would be nice to, for me like to read something really philanthropic in a paper and be like, "I guess she's grown up." Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I guess I'm trying to sort of amend for being a dickhead on the way up as well, yeah. just because I felt like I had to fight everyone. Yeah, physically what a- sometimes. <laughs> And what about people who, like, you went to school with that treated you like shit? Have you ever seen one of them, like, at one of your gigs or have you ever bumped into them? <laughs> yes. Well, um, there was a <laughs> – this is so bad. She'll never listen, so it'll be fine. But I was doing a telly thing and there was a girl backstage who I recognised from back home. She was in my school, not in my year. And uh, I was like, oh, it's thingy. And then uh, did the telly show and then uh, came backstage and she was like, hey, I'm so-and-so and said her name like I should know her. And of course I knew her, but I did not want her to know that I knew her. Yes. I love it. And then I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, I think we might have gone to school together. And I was like, 
um oh oh no I don't think so I went to this school and she was like yeah that's where I went and in my head I was like I remember you you fucking asshole you were horrible to me and you always ignored me and she was like oh my god I can't believe you're on this show and then and then she started reeling off her like achievements and I was like oh she feels like she has to match you yeah what yeah. she's like she's proving her worth which was fucking delicious i'll have you know her being like <laughs> i just i just did this and you might have seen this I, i've just done this and she's doing brilliantly she's a really capable woman but also it's really interesting because i wanted to be like part of me wanted to be like it's a bit like because i'd already pretended not to see her part of me wanted to be big enough to go you know i didn't know who you were in school but you were you were unkind to me so i didn't want to recognize mm. you yeah um but then she she was talking about mm oh you probably wouldn't have known me in school and it was hard growing up because I was sort of the fat weird kid and I was like oh shit that was not what the vibe I was getting from you and of course we're all just teenagers it's so fucking hard and and she would have been going through her own shit and every time she saw me and looked me up and down like as a piece of shit I'm bringing all my bullshit to that conversation she's bringing all her bullshit and then and I would have loved to say that I went up to her afterwards and was like you know what I did recognize you it was a really small thing and I'm better than that. And I just want to say I'm really proud of you. But I was just like, I like deliberately got a name wrong on the way out again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, catch you to the end. I love it. I think it's like completely human nature to respond in whatever way. This is so niche, but I've started exercising for the first time in my life. And um, mm. I've been running up my road. And every day that I run, which is three days a week, catch to 5K, shout out. Um, Every day when I run up my road, I, I, the first two days I like was running past this guy and we were like looking at each other and I was like, why do I know him? Why do I know this guy? Literally, I am like thousands, not thousands, hundreds of miles away from where I grew up. <clears throat> anyway, I, next two days and the third day he stopped me and was like, it's me, X person. I'm not going to give him a name. Let's call him Debbie. He was like, it's me, Debbie. And I was like, oh my God, it's Debbie. And this is a guy who like, tortured me at school like threw rocks at me spat in my face all this stuff and he was like over the moon to see Mm. me and he knew Mm. everything about my life everything Mm. about what I not he wasn't like I know your address I know what time you go to bed you know I know that you're a size 52 shirt I mean you know he's he's looking good actually so he can know that if he wants if you're listening Debbie just get in touch with my dms um but he was literally like he knew, and that, you know, it's it's so funny how those things are enough. I kind of really felt healed. I was like, you know what? I've done my work. Yeah. I proved you wrong. But it's true. I don't think, I don't think, personally, I don't know if it's possible to ever get over every single grudge. You know, I think sometimes as long as maybe the, di- maybe the differentiation, differentiation to make is like, there are healthy grudges and there are unhealthy grudges. And the healthy grudges might be the ones where you're trying through it to work out if they are the thing you said you are. And by proving them wrong, you're actually proving the thing you maybe think about yourself wrong. You know, if someone's told me, you know, you'll never be anything or I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm not gonna repeat some of the things that have been said to me or whatever, because it's just boring and not very nice for anyone. But, um, you know, there is a bit of that being like, am I that thing they said I am? And then obviously if you're like, someone cuts in front of you in the queue, you know, to like the corner shop and you hold that grudge every time you come off stage, (laughs) that fucker you know that's the unhealthy grudge so i don't know but maybe i'm giving bad advice or giving the wrong thought here but i sometimes think that like what else are you expected to do just get over it hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you the kind of person who remembers... One bad review instead of fifty good ones, or are you the other? Are you quite balanced? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, I only I don't read reviews at all now because I only used to read the negative ones, and um, now also on social media, I find that really hard to manage. Mm. Is you'll have swathes of nice messages, and then people <laughs> one one oh, no. that's not even. If it's not effusive, <laughs> I guess I even yeah. struggle with it. Like if yeah. it's, yeah. you get a lot of, um, especially if you've got a platform where you speak out, which I do, although I'm not like, I n- would never say I'm an activist or anything like that. But uh, you maybe you find this, that as soon as you try and give a shit about one thing, mm. everyone kind of comes to your door and is like, you should be giving a shit about this. You should be giving a shit about this. And it's not that I don't care. It's that like, I I am a comedian and I'm trying to do what I do like through my work and through everything else. But it's like, it can't just be like a a constant feed of, you know, like, Mm. yeah, I I get quite a lot of shit from people. I I find it actually harder to deal with messages from people going, putting some kind of emotional spin on it. than a guy being like, you're fat and disgusting and unfunny. I'm like, whatever babes. Like that's, that's so like, water for docs back ridiculous yeah and i yeah. have i have so many ways and, and so many people in which i feel validated and i like well, that's demonstrably not true because my boyfriend's really fit i make my money from being funny that's absolutely fine and um, mm. whereas someone being like it's like this emotional thing of like i need you to do this for me i just it absolutely fries my head it's not healthy to carry these grudges for the rest of your life like look what happened to myself and Crystal, our dear dear friend sarah michelle geller you know she left america because she was holding on to all these grudges she got her little house in tokyo and because of all her grudges she was attacked by a group of um ghostly asian children you know i mean i don't know about you kiri but i don't think you want to wake up to a little um go see girls screaming at you in the middle of the night do you <laughs> no it's it's definitely not on my career goals no <laughs> okay then we, then we need to fix that today because frankly i've seen some figures moving behind you and i'm not i mean <laughs> kiri i guess there's two i guess there's two options in there there's the one which is like i'm gonna talk to them about it which is like mm. i'm no. gonna listen you did this thing in 2010 on twitter that really fucked me off. And every time I even think your name, I wish you dead. You know, that's like really, the, you know, I'm kidding, you obviously would say that, but like that's like the healthy way to go, you mm. know, to like maybe talk about it, you know, talk it out. Mm. Or the, uh, God, the other healthy way is like, this is, God, I'm so <laughs> bad at this, this advice thing, but 
the other thing I really think is like, sometimes it's okay to bitch about your friends. Sometimes it's okay, but it is. Sometimes it's okay to feel like parts of your friends' personalities are fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. As long as they're also, as long as you also love them for other reasons. You know, yeah. I de I'm sorry, but I definitely have friends. Um, you know, that's, that's it. I definitely have friends. No, I'm kidding. I definitely have friends who probably find parts of my personality annoying, but I also know they love me for different reasons. So it's sort of like, yeah. I just don't know mm -hmm. if there's, I don't know if there's a binary way to be a grudgeless yeah. person or to yeah. be a, you know, I just don't, but maybe mm. I am being shitty here, but I just mm. don't know if there is a binary way. And I don't know if it's even useful necessarily to cu like cure them all, you know, and yeah. not actually be like, you know, I know this thing about that person. I hold this grudge about that person that I'm actually now quite close to, but maybe you're holding it for a reason. Maybe you're working out what your trust boundaries are with them. Or, you know, that's what I mean. There are a lot of those warning signs that might be in the form of a grudge, you know, can perhaps be there for a valid reason. Oh, mm. no. If I just condone no. bitching about your friends. No, but you know the way <laughs> you've been said bitching there. I think it's just like, like venting and speaking about it is healthy. I think as long as it's not malicious or like you're viciously speaking about somebody and actually actively trying to put them down. That's a huge difference. I think that people would, would associate with bitching, you know, yeah. would you ever think about like writing a show about like all these grudges and then bringing it to your hometown and inviting everyone? <laughs> No, but you know, one of the weird things is when you do your, like, uh, like how many have I done now? I was about to do my third tour in my hometown in the big venue there. And when I yeah. did the first and the second one, I was amazed at who came. So, like, chemistry mm. teachers, a girl that was horrible to me in school, they were all there supporting me. And then you're like, oh, this is this is my bullshit that I'm like, they've paid to see me. They're not going to pay to find out if I was rubbish or not. They're, they're yeah. a hometown girl. And it was a really lovely thing. So, I mean, that I think started the conversation myself about like, what, yeah. am I such a victim? Like, is this healthy to be, a, do, do they even think that they said that thing to me? Like, you know, so yeah, mm. it's uh God, it would be amazing there, right? To just reel off, um, like, oh, just great. Like, and be like, act like act one, liars. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a trophy, Amy Jones. Right, I've got some <laughs> like spotlights, just like on. <laughs> but you know what I think yeah. this whole time as well? We, we just keep on asking each other, like, is this healthy? And I don't know if it's healthy or not, I just think it's normal. I think like everybody has these thoughts and I think I talking about talking about it is really important because if you hold all this in you're literally going to be doing like a tiny gig one day and you're going to freak out for like <laughs> no reason like, I'm going to show everybody <laughs> it's just like a little local fundraiser or something <laughs> so I think the best thing to do is just to, again talk about it to people because it's something honestly everybody goes through and we it's thoughts that we all have it's just about like dealing with it and, and micromanaging it I think what we've taken away from all of this is, Kira, you are very unhealthy and you do have very, very um, scary grudges that I think are going to get you in a lot of trouble and get mm -hmm. the people around you in a lot of trouble. And frankly, um, thank you for coming on today, but we are disgusted. <laughs> I just want to download a couch to 5k for my attitude and then 
<laughs> you know what? Call me every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I will talk you through it. <laughs> okay, now one minute of shit talking your best friend and breathe. You can do it. Um, oh my Kiri, God. It's such a pleasure to have you. I think what we've all realized is that it's okay to bitch, but also <laughs> it is really the key is to talk about it, to not let the grudge become more important than you and then what you're what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. What do you think you learned, Carrie? Nothing. Especially not the sequel. What <laughs> um, the grudge do didn't help anyone. <laughs> this has been really useful. Thank you so much. Good. Has no. it actually or are you just lying? No, no, it has, because it is genuinely something I think about a lot. Because it's also that thing of being like, we're all in a permanent state of becoming. And I'm like, I just don't want to be a petty, small town asshole who's <sighs> only driven by other people's failures. <laughs> like, 100%. Because again, I, if, if that's going to be on your mind at all times, you're one day going to meet these people and just be like, so horrible. Because <laughs> they're going to have this thing built up in your head. Yeah, so. Exactly. Something they won't even remember. I want to be a calm, zen-like, hmm with a white living room and a <laughs> her own vagina that's like the kind of enlightenment that i'm looking for very bad i i think you have it in you to one day be a nice person kiri oh thank you so much at least one day i could have a nice person in me and that's something i feel yeah. like look i'm on the way around i'm on the way around <laughs> Kiri, thank you so much for coming in. Um, Ophelia is here now with the um, the little dinghy to bring you back out to shore. Um, and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much. It has much. been a pleasure. We love you, Kiri. Thank mwah, you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bye. Bye. Um, okay, so it is time for a listener dilemma of the day. And Ophelia is just dragging this um, very heavy, heavy bag, heavy sack of um, questions. Um, okay, so, uh, dear Candy and Crystal, I'm at my wit's end and I don't know who else to turn to. My house is being haunted by three ghost demons who are causing havoc and I can't sleep or relax. I've been turned away by my local council, my friends, family, and now loose women. I was reading Medium Monthly and I saw you two on the cover and thought you would be able to recommend something, says Shannon from Wexford in Ireland. Oh, and now there isn't a photo attached, but there is a video. Um, and in the video, uh, Shannon is being uh, spun up in the air and tossed around uh, by these uh, possible ghost demons. Um, so it's, it's terrifying stuff she's she's just spinning and spinning around um yeah and i also the de the home decor in that place is just not well i was about well it's wexford ireland you know they're they're a few decades behind um look i think i think um uh, we're not gonna be able to solve this today so what we're going to do is um head to um shannon's house now and we can edit that into the show so we're here in um, Shannon's house in Wexford, Ireland, and um, it, from the get-go, things are absolutely terrifying. She is uh, on the ceiling at the moment, uh, clamoring to try and get down. Um, mm. And uh, so straight away, we can see that she is right about the ghost demons. Uh, there's no question there. Um, Crystal, uh, in your experience, uh, what do you make of this? And, and do you think they have an agenda against Shannon? 
Well, you know, as you know, I'm an incredibly experienced medium and exorcist, you know, and I've seen cases, you know, worse than this. I've seen, of course, cases better than this. But, you know, frankly, I just think a lot of ghosts are lonely. A lot of ghosts, you know, crave, you know, human interaction, you know. And so, the, you know, frankly, I think I think Shannon has nothing but those, you know, live, laugh, love wall hangings to be worried about. Mm, mm, mm. I, you know, I know she's lost her voice and she's screaming up there, but, you know, she that is, is par for the course in the spirit world. You know, that is yeah. just what it is. It's a terrifying silence. And speaking of those uh, Live, Laugh, Love uh, banners, those are now also in the little almost living room tornado uh, with with Shannon at the moment. They're spinning um, round and round. Um, I mean, it's distracting to say the least that uh, Shannon is spinning around, but also this wallpaper. Um, I think that's a, a vintage or like highly print, which needless to say... Um, I think she's drawn this um, on herself, um, Shannon. So, if there's something that riles up a ghost, it's bad interior decor, as we said, you know. And um, okay, I, I think Shannon, I think what, Shannon, are you are you okay up there? Uh, she, silent screams from Shannon. Um, Shannon, she's also attached. For those of you who aren't, who aren't who aren't hearing this, she's attached to the ceiling fan, which is going at about a hundred miles an hour. Well, isn't helping with with the spinning, you know. Um, so I think I think I think our main agenda is to just to get Shannon down and get her out of the house. But I'm, it's very high, Crystal. You're going to have to get up on my shoulders to do this. Um, and and please please watch yourself because there is now kitchen utensils uh, flying everywhere as well. Um, mm. Right, just cl- just climb just climb up, Crystal. And I just need to reach up. Uh, on three, one. <laughs> Shannon, Shannon, you just need to grab Crystal's hand. Grab her hand. Crystal. She's just spinning. Oh, Crystal! Okay, things are out of control here now. Crystal is held on to Shannon and she's spinning around. The three ghost demons have taken the two of them. Um, I, I'm gonna have to. Brandy, switch off the ceiling fan at the wall. Oh, bitch. Oh, so it actually turns out I don't think there was any ghost teams at all, Shannon. I think Shannon was just attached to the fan. Well, it's been a week since our encounter with Shannon. We're here back in the studio, you know, and I'll say that it was a, it was a very strange experience, you know, and, you know, and one of the things that I, one of the things that I am still not clear on is how Shannon actually got onto the ceiling fan. Mm. I, I'm still baffled as to how she wrote the letter up on the fan. But look, um, listen, just another wild, wild uh, week or so from the cave, um, to the sharks, to the passing of Ophelia, um, and then to Shannon in in Wexford. Um, uh, for those of you who have been following the podcast and following my saga of my court trials, 
I'm I'm back in in the courtroom again with Martine. Um, news has broke, and she's turning her uh, 1999 bestseller autobiography about our marriage, um, not a perfect moment, into a lifetime movie. And I'm I'm doing my best to try and stop her, Christelle, uh, from the overdramatized uh, plot lines, which all you know. Can you give a little example of just you know the, just a you know three beat plot arc here? Can you just give me a little example? Well, it would have been, uh, you know, uh, obviously when we when we got together, when we met on the set of EastEnders. Um, uh, for those of you that don't remember, myself and Crystal uh, played different market sellers in the market. And that's where I did come across uh, Martine and we started our love affair. And I really helped her into the music business. Um, but, you know, I wrote all those songs and I didn't see a penny. And that's really where everything uh, went sour for, for the two of us. And she... She spun out of control. She spun out of control. Um, and she she took everything, all the kitchen supplies. Um, she's she's you know worked uh worked hard over the years with uh you know Tina Barrett and Natalie Cassidy, really trying to just bring me down. And now this lifetime movie. Um and it's it's again it's the it's the plot lines it's the casting more importantly apparently um it's between um uh, Aileen Quinn the little girl who played Annie and Helen Hunt um who are going to play me which I I'm really not happy about um uh, I, I did know, see I, I think Aileen Quinn is it's a good resemblance to you well, maybe in my younger years. Um, now, apparently, they they have cast Liza as you, uh, which which I mean, it, it's um, at least something good is going to come out of this. Um, mm. So, but I need to stop the I need to stop the movie. Um, and that's what that's what my weekend entails. We're going to be in and out of court, which I know Martine would be happy about. It's more, it's more, it's her little face splashed across the press again at my um, at my peril. And look, we've seen in the past, you know, if I can get Tina Barrett and Natalie Cassidy behind bars, maybe I can do the same with Martine. Um, so, yes, yes, uh, you know, and that has been the aim of this whole podcast. It has been a pleasure to have you with us today. We have been the Dragony Ants and you have been mediocre. Thank you so much and um, Godspeed. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.